Yeah, we think I broke the universe when I compare this to Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> well, don't do it again. Don't keep, <laughs> don't keep saying it. Don't do it. <laughs> God, God, don't say it over and over. <laughs> and welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast covering pop culture one scene at a time. Back, uh, I'm your host, Sean, with Brian. Pete and Curtis are back with us to continue our discussion on the 1980 film, quote unquote film, uh, Xanadu. <laughs> and and so now we want to talk about, actually, this is this is something I did like for all the, the issues that I have um, w- with the movie. I like the music and the musical numbers. So let's 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 talk music. So this is just overall mostly uh, singing by Olivia Newton-John. Sometimes we get Jeff Lynne because the backing band for all these songs are the Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. Right. Um, and kind of a little bit of a, a mashup of, of what would be big in 1980. Yeah. ELO a little bit like, I mean, still pop, but a little bit harder on the rock and roll side. And of course, we know Olivia Newton-John from from Greece and um, Let's Get Physical and, and all her other great stuff. I, I really like the music and I think, I think it was, it was Pete that you mentioned it, or maybe it was Curtis, but someone mentioned how like this, the, the music is not for this film. And I found a couple sources that say magic is the only song that was written for the film. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it is, is stuff ELO that Jeff Lynn had written for ELO. That was like all existing music. Which is crazy. Well, I wonder it's particularly it because there's one song called Xanadu. Like, so he already had a song. He wrote a song called Xanadu. And then someone calls him up and says, hey, do you want to do music for a movie called Xanadu? And he's like, I got just the thing. I got just the thing. Like, what are the odds? Sounds like he had a visit from a, a real life Kira. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah, so I mean, the the, the music for the film is great. ELO is great. Um, so we get... And we'll probably jump around. I don't know if you've got particular songs you want to, you guys want to talk about. It opens with "I'm Alive" is the first song plays during kind of the opening credits, and then I don't know anything oh. on "I'm Alive" or anything on the opening. I mean, I've had, I've had lots and lots of dreams in my life of <laughs> that opening. <laughs> and, and that opening sequence was the one that was the most negative experience for me on my first watch. Hmm. Yeah. That was the that was the one that broke my brain as a nine year old. Yeah, I was just like, "What is?" Well, and I like it. it has an interesting transition. So it starts with kind of an old timey, um, the a spinning globe with a a prop plane circling yeah. the way a, a a film might, um, you know, a Universal picture from the the forties or the fifties might open. That's a cool intro. I I like film intros. Like the, nice. the 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 plane, yeah. well, it's a little prop plane that kind of turns into it goes around behind the globe and comes out, and it's like a more modern jet, and then it comes out, and then it's like a UFO, it's a flying saucer. There's a Concorde in there too. Oh right, yeah. yeah. There's a, and the it's Concord. and it's transition, and the music is transitioning too. It's getting more yeah. modern as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, the prop plane is whenever you're away from me. That da, 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 the mm. clarinet thing. The uh, jet is oh, there's something else in there. But the jet gets a little bit more modern. Xanadu is the UFO. Right. Yeah. By the, with the UFO, it's a lot of keyboards. It's very modern sounding. Xanadu. We're very, we're very disco when we get to the UFO. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of an overture. And I, I like the UFO, but I'm not quite sure how it fits in with the rest of the movie. 
other than this is just you're it's, watching the future <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, kind of like it gets nutty that, that's to me it's like oh it gets okay there's a ufo this is going to be a nutty movie <laughs> right it's it's it, you know fan it's not maybe some science fiction but it's fantasy you're not supposed to take it too literally maybe there's yeah the, is, is this right, movie science fiction immediately is yes it? no wait <laughs> got a lot of lasers <laughs> well, yep. that ties in sort of the the Marvel idea of Thor and the other gods that they're just they're aliens and they have godlike powers, mm. so that the the fantasy is the fantasy is science. Uh-huh. So Kira is an alien. Ah, well, that okay. kind of occurred to me when we started talking about the UFO. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Had, I was like, well, wait a minute, now. because <laughs> I mean that thing doesn't really look like Mount Olympus when he breaks through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Mount Olympus, Curtis? Well, I can't say that I've been to Mount Olympus. No. <laughs> I I'm still, I'm still going on the assumption that it looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't been there, then you can't say it, it doesn't. So. <laughs> Who else liked the tap dancing? Oh yeah, love oh, that. that. Was uh, yeah. one of the best. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah that was. Maybe I do like this movie. <laughs> I, you know, I that had an Gene, issue. That was so, Gene Kelly. That was Gene Kelly's last hurrah in movies. That was his big final yeah, number. Yeah, you're talking. Really? So jumping it worked ahead, really well. Yeah. Very so cool. about about half hour into the film, there's. I assume you're talking about the the duet between Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton yes. John. I I don't yes. know the song names at, at all. So you uh, guys have to. Uh, the song is "Whenever You're Away from Me." Okay. Yep. And this was so that's actually that was the last scene that was filmed and um a- according to the the trivia on the film i don't know why but apparently that was a col- a, a closed set with olivia newton john gene kelly a cameraman the choreographer and just a, a couple others that that and that was at at gene kelly's insistent that he insistence he didn't, <laughs> he didn't want... want the director to come in and screw it up <laughs> there you go maybe yeah i didn't and i i didn't find that like there was no mention of that for there's a i mean that's like his main dancing but any of the other scenes where he's dancing but that scene in particular he wanted he didn't want anyone around to distract him maybe but or or mess it up um i like the scene it did bother me like the adr because there's like there's way more tapping if you watch their feet like mm, the yeah like there's way more tapping sound than you see tapping on the shoes. But mm. other than that, I think it's, it's a swell dance. It's lovely to see, you know, Jean and Olivia. And I mean, I don't know if she's not really known. She's more of a singer than a dancer, but it is, yeah, it is a really sweet number. And to see them dancing and to see him dancing, it is really nice. I really do. I, I, I do enjoy that scene. And on top of that, so, it was filmed like a Gene Kelly movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He always, yeah. he always insisted that there just be one blocked off camera. So that everybody mm. would know that he wasn't faking it and that they weren't doing any camera tricks. And that's what they did with the scene with this, uh, with this. Oh, number. wow. Wow. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it's full body stuff. You see him, you know, foot to toe. It isn't a lot of cuts or close ups on the feet for the tapping and then show his face. Like, yeah. So you really know he's, he's doing exactly, it. He's in the, exactly in the same style of the old music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And it was speaking of things, exactly the same style as the old movies. Do you think he learned to roller skate for this movie, or do you think he was a, a proficient roller skater before this? And do you think it was like there was a lot of trouble with liability issues for this? Like Gene Kelly is on roller skates. Yeah. Well, I, or I, is he? This, this movie doesn't strike skating. me as. <laughs> or, 
<laughs> this movie doesn't Is strike you. Pulled on a board. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. So, so jumping at so that in the the final scene, Gene Kelly has opened up his Xanadu nightclub, and apparently it's a roller disco, and he's skating around. Is he roller skating? Is he just like standing on a platform and or on a dolly and someone's pulling him? <laughs> oh, I've got no, I've got this thing queued up right now. Have you seen the if if any of you see the documentary about this movie? I've I've haven't been able to track it down. You know what? No, Actually, I, I wasn't able to find it. There's a well, I guess I shouldn't there's there's we as we learned earlier today, just hours before taping, there's a um a novelization of the film <laughs> yeah. so, so of course there'll be a documentary <laughs> and don't don't be fooled that is on the way okay <laughs> well, yes we'll... gene kelly gene kelly head to toe skates in camera a lot i thought so he skates right up to the camera and then they start panning around and he's gathering all the groups of people and leading them i could see him being i mean because he's and a doing like little dancer. dance numbers the whole way yeah yeah I yeah, I guess there's, no, okay. there's no opportunity. He doesn't go behind anything where they could have switched it out for a stuntman either. It's him full face doing it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So Gene Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would, I, you know, I was, what stuck in my mind are the kind of the close-ups where it's just his face and it's a little distracting. So when they go to, um, this may not be the only scene, but when they kind of split the screen and first it's two and then they split it again and they show like three different images, mm-hmm. it's a little distracting. But in that, yeah, in that part, it's, you can see his feet. And uh, I just found quickly, there's another part, it's overhead. It's like the sky view, but it's close enough that you can see it's definitely Gene Kelly. Yeah, he's roller skating. Yep. Dude learned how to roller skate. He was Tom Cruise before Tom yeah. Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> he does his own stunts. Yeah. Well, and once again, like it's much like the uh, triptych scene in the, in the legendary Abel Gantz silent film, uh, Napoleon. And you get the three <laughs> shots of uh, Gene Kelly skating there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we're already kind of touching on it. Let's just jump right in. Um, and I have, I have a question I throw back to something you said earlier, Curtis. I love this ending. So like the last 12 minutes of the film are a medley of, of several different songs and musical numbers that just go one into the other. Um, yeah. It starts to, with, uh, I'm sorry. Keep talking. It's, it's labeled as drum dreams. Right. It's just a it's kind just of march. A, it's just an instrumental, yeah, instrumental number, mm-hmm. kind of a march feel, a lot of percussion and drums as everyone's skating around this club, which has an awfully lot of stairs for a roller <laughs> club. <laughs> that seems like more than the more than the eighty year old actor who's skating around. It would seem just the number of stairs in this club would be <laughs> would be the liability issue. But so it starts, yeah, with with an instrumental with with drum dreams. It goes into Xanadu, the, the the titular song, which runs on for about three minutes or, or two and change. It goes into Full Country, another song. Then we get a Xanadu reprise. And then at the very end, we get Danny and Sonny sitting down for a drink and the waitress who looks like Kira comes in. Um, but so, so Curtis, you said, I thought the ending was wonderful, but you said you had a different idea what you thought would be the perfect ending. This is the only this is the only part of the movie that I don't like. When Xanadu ends, she and Sunny are together mm-hmm. and they do an overhead shot where she her and all of her sisters become lasers and shoot up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And they do it on this uh, on this ending note of the song. That would have been a yeah. perfect time. A perfect time to go to credits. That could have been the ending of the movie and 
once they started doing the cowboy stuff, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> so now you would have wanted him not fantasy. to. You, you would have wanted him to not get the girl at the end. That's right? my interpretation. That's you if you end it right there, is that he like goes with her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that could be I like interesting. That makes it even more profound like, as a movie. Just like the end of Greece, where they just go this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> it, there is. I mean, the ending it does put a kind of twist to it, and and makes it there's there's more to think about. One, there's the question I brought up earlier about that waitress at the end. Is it actually Kira, or just looks like her, or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. But the another thing is, is Sonny's really down, and you think like. Like his big achievement, like his whole thing. Well, not that his whole thing, because he's he's a painter. Like this isn't really his thing, but he gets drawn into this project to open up the club. Here it is, opening night. It's a huge success. Every it's packed. Everyone's having a good time. He should be happy. And if you know, kind of artists, creators, you know this. You there's like that melancholy. Like yes, I should be happy. I should be fulfilled because my art. You know, I did it. I'm successful. But then there's like. There's a little bit, there's sometimes there's that emptiness. There's that, well, what am I going to do now? I devoted all my energy into creating this thing now that it's created. And I don't feel the happiness and fulfillment that I thought it would feel. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, what Danny's giving us at the end. He's not happy. Yeah. He's not happy the way maybe he should be. And maybe that's just, maybe it's going to Curtis's point. Like maybe this is just extra emotional baggage that while it's nice to think about or talk about, does it make a better film to have just that extra minute at the end? Yeah, that's a great question. Maybe not. Now, I well, so. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I just had a little, a little one-off thing I was going to do. You know, Sonny's got a resting bitch face pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie, are you maybe just interpreting that as as being sad? That's that's what the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost tempted to say that that this would be a good film for a remake and i won't say that because i don't think i don't know if you could i don't think you can top the music we're cutting from, this hmm? uh, <laughs> so we're gonna have to cut this we're gonna have to cut that like i don't think you can approve on the music from elo i don't think you could really do much better than gene kelly and olivia newton john do but like mm-hmm. sonny is just awful and i don't know this actor i don't know other stuff he's done and and maybe it's just the part the way it's written and it's not his fault but like he's just awful and i wonder yeah. like He's a walking black hole. What what this film could be if your if your protagonist was sympathetic, was someone you can like. Do you feel I like Sonny shared a lot of common with Anakin from the prequels? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get Michael Keaton in this role. <laughs> we kind of have an example of that. They made a musical. They made they literally made a musical back in two thousand. Yeah, they did. Yeah, or, or seven. Mm-hmm. And they and they reworked it. They put more story in. They put more songs in. They kind of kept some of the yellow stuff. I think they reworked it a little bit to be a le- less disco-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But there's more uh, there's more story and there's more character. I haven't seen it, so bringing it up is kind of weird. But I am going to go <laughs> seek it out now and see what it's like. What a, yeah, see what a remake it. might look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, and what, I think it's kind of. I kind of, I kind of would like to see a remake attempt. Yeah, I yeah, think it. it, it and Sean, you and I talk about this a lot. This is where, where we want the like the sort of 
they're, they're decent movies, but not great. Remake those. Don't remake the classics. You know, right. we, we talk about this, but this is to me, this is perfect for that. Yeah. This would be a great candidate for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's kind of been a resurgence in in the Hollywood musical with La La Land and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, maybe. Hollywood, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love that this last musical number does too that a lot of the old musicals did is that all of our friends from all of the other parts of the movie show up at the end here. Yeah. It is like you've got the you've got Beautiful. the people from the uh the, that fantastic scene where Gene Kelly's trying on clothes. Mm-hmm. And, like everybody. Everybody shows up at this. Yeah, you got like the, to be cust- the, the people to be from the record studio where he, when he was painting album covers, like yeah. his coworkers <laughs> show up. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone comes back. And then it sort of really is like a sunny fantasy. It's like <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. he, everybody he's thinking of is just the people he's seen in the last eight days. <laughs> so is this, he's like, he's been in a coma and he's like, he's, he's been in the <laughs> drug induced, he OD'd in a coma and now he's just finally dying and like his whole life is flashing before his eyes. And, <laughs> All is everyone's showing up. Yeah, but he's so shallow. It's just the last, you know, two weeks. <laughs> I wonder if the problem with this movie, if the reason that people like Sean and, and Brian don't like it is because they came to this movie thinking it was, I don't even know what you would think this is, but I think Pete and I have come to learn over time that this is like an old-fashioned musical mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they didn't quite get right. Right. They... Yeah. They filmed it like a musical, but the director wasn't quite talented enough to make it flow. There mm-hmm. were there was jarring, realistic stuff put in with the, you know, mixed together with the fantasy stuff in a way that didn't work out. I haven't analyzed mm-hmm. it, but I wonder if the crazy, uh, you know, the um, the transitions they do, the wipes they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if the wipes only happen when they're going back to reality. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had, oh, I have to rewatch it for yeah, that. Yeah. I have to rewatch and keep track of that. Well, I wonder if maybe the film would have benefited of more participation from 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 Gene Kelly, because he's credited as co-director. A lot of the films he was in, he yeah. would direct the dance sequences. Um, so mm. he's credited as co-director on a lot of those films. So my first thought was, well, maybe if they had if they had, you know, just like you, they had an old actor from the 40s and 50s, if they had pulled out a director, you know, an experienced director who had done those old Hollywood films. And then I thought, well, hey, Gene Kelly was one of those. Like if he had been mm-hmm. more involved in the direction, particularly mm-hmm. of the dance sequences, if, if maybe that would have helped. You yeah. know what this makes well, me I think, think that, of? That might be the secret. Oh, go on. What's it make you think no, of? No, I, in the same, you guys, let me, let me throw this out here. In the same ballpark as Jonathan Demme with the Stop Making Sense movie. Even though that's a complete mm-hmm. just filming of a concert, sort of the same thing. Am I, am I you guys li- liking what I'm saying here? Yeah, well, I see the connection that just doing like a, and um, Demi's done it, and uh, you know, Scorsese's done a couple like m- musical films or performance films. Like that's a different thing that some directors that do straight movies can do a musical or a, you know a concert film, and some directors can't. And maybe this is one of those directors that can. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think he reached a little bit bigger than maybe he was capable of achieving with some of these musical numbers. Like the, I, I love the scenes. I love the numbers. I love the choreography, but the choreography definitely wasn't. While I, it harkened back a little bit to the, you know, the great big stuff of the twenties and thirties and forties. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it necessarily hit uh, what he was going for all the time. Yeah. It well, it seems like, the, 
I was going to say, I think it feels like the the skating bit was kind of shoehorned in. It's like skating's big now. We'll have them skate. <laughs> and like, because they've got, you know, Gene Kelly does these a couple great dance numbers mm-hmm. and there's some good scenes, but then there's, um, what was, there's the one scene with, with Danny and Kira in the recording studio where they're on skates and it's like, well, it's, like there isn't really any choreography because it's because they're not really good skaters. They can skate, but they can't really skate dance. Like you really need to like, I don't know, professional ice skaters or ice dancers or something <laughs> like, yeah. so a lot of, a well, lot of the times it's just they're skating instead of that, that kind of replaces real choreography. But for me, well, that and I was about to say something. Oh, I was about to say something that was almost the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> okay. <go ahead. laughs> I think that, I think they set out to make a, a skate disco movie. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, you know, it was just kind of that time. Everybody was doing skate disco at the time, and they wanted to to actually make one. And I think it might have got pulled off course by that a little bit by hiring someone like Gene Kelly who could actually dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then going back to what you said, nobody's actually nobody actually knows how to skate in this movie except to stay up on them. <laughs> so that hurt them. I, I do like though that the skating scenes all have a really amazing kinetic quality to them. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much, yeah. you know, both in that scene in the studio and then in the Xanadu number. Like they're just so there's so much movement and there's so much energy. And I agree, they're not great skaters, and it, it might have been something really spectacular if they had been. Yeah, and one thing going. I'll just kind of side note throw in is that despite the reputation of the film, it it did not do. It was not a blockbuster. Did not do great in the. Um, at the box office and, and kind of has, has a bad reputation and inspired the Razzies and all that. I don't think anyone's ever had a bad thing to say about the music that the, the, the soundtrack did great on the charts in the U S uh, the UK and around the world and had a, a lot of pop, a lot of big singles on the pop charts, magic um, Xanadu all around the world uh, as an ELO song. So like there, there's never been any, you know, th- the movie has inspired a lot of criticism, but it's never been directed towards the music. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, so we, we, we talked about the, um, when we we're talking about the animation and, and the effects and everything, we talked about that sequence, the animated sequence with Don Bluth. Um, that song, Don't Walk Away, it just kills me. Like it's, like it's such a slow plodding rhythm of a song. And at that point, like Sonny is, is, this is just after Sonny's quit his job to then follow his dream of the last five seconds of opening, you know, <laughs> of this dream that he's never had before, but suddenly it's the most important thing of his life. He's quitting his job to open up this club. He has, you know, he got the girl, he managed to track down Kira, they're together, everything's great. And it's like this song just like kills the flow where it should be. I guess they're they're going for something romantic, so it's not going to be like a a rock and roll banger. But it doesn't even hit me as romantic. It's just bleh. Mm. I, I'm under the impression that they were going for if you okay. Let me say this a different way. If you look at the scene right before that happened, mm-hmm. she is uh, I don't know, kind of gaslighting him a little bit. Oh, I you know <laughs> I live with my sisters on the second floor, <laughs> and she won't tell him anything about herself. And right. so now he's making now he's now he's doing this heart making a wish song where he doesn't want her to go away i think that's the only that's the only way the song works for me in that scene otherwise you know what is it doing well i I think i read somewhere that they actually added the song like they wanted to add another song and that's why they used the animation and it sounds like it was 
a definite kind of shoehorn into the movie. They just needed something to to edit it in to make it flow a little bit more. How yeah, I think it, it was going to be a lot cheaper than reshooting. You know, like shooting new scenes. Huh. Hiring them to come okay. in and dance. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What is the scene that takes place right after the animation? Then it goes to it's the they're breaking ground on the auditorium and oh uh, yeah, Sonny's there. He's 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 popping corks of champagne to. Uh, no, he's actually got Dom. He's yeah, he's popping corks of champagne yeah. with the uh, with the construction crew to to break ground on the the new club. Yeah. Well, following the the law of musicals like this, it did kind of need a number. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I, I I kind of agree. Like it needs a number. I just I would want a better number, <laughs> <laughs> or just if, or I, even like just I don't know, just speed it up a little bit more upbeat. Uh, they just wanted a, they needed a song that cemented to us that they were now in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we they definitely hit that. We needed to hit that emotional high with that song right there, because the yeah, next scene yeah. she's acting like uh, she's just coming from their apartment where they moved in together <laughs> and brought him coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like now they've been together for a few weeks. But then they moved to one of the best scenes I think in the movie is the uh, the montage of trying on clothes. Yes, <laughs> from what I've been yeah. able to hear, people think this is the first instance of this in a movie. Which it became like them, a staple of '80s movies, but that this was the first time they did the clothes trying on montage. Really? And it was Gene Kelly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I w- see. I would have thought that one of the musicals from the '40s or '50s would have had something like this, or but maybe it does. Yeah, I've mm. been, I've been able to track it down. Yeah, some this of these is... clothes are pretty sweet too, like the pink zoot suit or that that green suit with the plaid sleeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pete, I'm so glad you didn't talk about the cowboy thing. <laughs> we'll save that yeah, for I, later. I like to forget that one. But this, the first this... time I watched this, I was so confused when that's the, <laughs> that's the suit that got the big nod and yeah. the thumbs up from him. I was like, "What? No! Don't no! Don't say that!" <laughs> um, but this scene—I mean, the the song is great. The the ELO song "All Over the World" and then the montage mm-hmm. is is great. And this was filmed on location at the. Um, Fiorucci, I think it's how it's Fiorucci store in Beverly Hills, California. It's a really, it's an Italian designer. They actually had the uh, dressing room where you come out from between the ladies. <laughs> yeah, from Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, wow. Are, are the are all of the uh, mannequins? Are they live people or are they magically coming to life when they walk by? Like, are they people pretending to be mannequins or are they? mannequins that turn into people i think they're people pretending to be mannequins <laughs> I, I couldn't prefer, like, think that they're mannequins becoming people and we're in the same cinematic universe as yeah. uh mannequin <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because that's the same kind of magic going on in that movie as in this movie yeah <laughs> well, it's, it's good it's happy for them that they showed up at the end too they're still they're still kicking yeah. yep they got to be they got to be real people <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're kind of working our way backwards through the film, but that's, that's fine. Um, another great number. There's the back and forth when, uh, when Danny and Sonny are kind of describing their different ver- visions for this club. And um, they, we kind of see their, their visions materialize and, and Danny's vision is like an old big band from the forties. And then mm-hmm. um, 
Sonny's vision is a, as a modern eighties rock band. And then the kind of, they go back and forth between the two different bands and they each have their own dancers, period dancers. And then in the end, they combined, you got the forties and the eighties playing and dancing together. And that's a, that's a really fun number. Oh, that's good. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's that. It was one of my favorites too. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, so it's actually, so there's a, for the big band has a trio of singers, they're lip syncing. It's actually Olivia Newton, John uh, doing all Ooh. three parts of, oh, of the really? singing for that, for the, um, for the dancing number. Wow. Yeah. I did not oh, know that. I didn't either. Which I didn't pick up on it. But then after, after I read that and then watched it again and listened, I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like her three times. <laughs> um, but that's, it's that's- a really nice melding. It's, it's a nice mashup of the two different styles. And then, uh-huh. when they when they kind of join in and you kind of it, it almost there's like a moment where they the, like the the wall between the 40s and the 80s comes down and you're like you know are they going to rumble and then they're like well no yeah we're, we're just all That's dancing yeah. and it's, the music's different because we're from different ages but we're all the same you know we're all just dancing on the inside so let's dance <laughs> well and we don't have time to go into this because we're about five minutes from the end of the show here but yeah. uh if you look at that number you'll find a lot a lot of uh, <laughs> Easter eggs to, that call back to Gene Kelly's earlier roles. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Go through and look at how the people are dressed and the moves that they're using. It's like, oh, there's, it's almost a, it's almost a wall-to-wall Gene Kelly montage of dance, dance moves. Yeah. Wow. Wow. David had a very, uh, it felt a lot like a movie that I, I kind of enjoyed. I don't like nearly as much as Xanadu, but that also was very panned. It felt a lot like the dance scene from 1941. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Another great film. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's great. When I felt like during the, um, the suddenly the song suddenly during that number between Kara and Sonny and they're, they're dancing around one, they're dancing around uh, different studio sets, which is sort of a, something that, um, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds do and singing in the rain, but then there's also yep. one of the vignettes in that they're literally singing in the rain. Right. Um, it starts raining, the umbrellas come out. So like yeah. definite callbacks to, uh, to, to Gene Kelly's career. Yeah. Um, but now, now if his, here's, career, here's a, if his career had been on roller skates. Yeah, now, <laughs> here's a question though. This is what, I, this is a good little exercise. Take away the Gene Kelly, the reverence for his career and him. Mm-hmm. Do you still think it's a top tier movie here? Wow, Brian hitting hard right at the end, man. <laughs> See, I think I think Gene Kelly, whether you've ever seen him or not, is incredibly magnetic. Yeah. Okay. If, even if you take out what you everything yeah, you know take about out Gene everything Kelly, else. I feel like he still carries this movie to an amazing degree even if you take out everything else he's ever done. Like, I just okay. feel like there's something about the guy that's so magnetic, but also he, he comes across as being such a kind-hearted, mm-hmm. likable guy. Okay. But what? Right. Well, I think what he's saying, Pete, is what if Gene Kelly's part were just played by, like, Fred Ward? Oh, oh, so not Gene Kelly. Right. Well, no, no, if, oh. yeah, not Gene Kelly. It could be Gene Kelly, but not just... he. This is his first... This is a guy you've never seen. It's, it's Gene Kelly, but you know nothing about him. Mm. It's just some random age-appropriate actor playing an old man. <laughs> right. Well, I, I that, think that was literally my experience when I was a kid. I had no, <laughs> okay, so I had no idea yeah, who Gene yeah. Kelly was. Yeah. Yeah. And he sounded creepy. <laughs> as, as a nine-year-old. A little yeah. creepy. That's, that's probably a good thing to think as a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> this, this older gentleman is... Yeah. 
welcoming this young guy into his life and giving him everything he wants. <laughs> I'm going to have to give this another watch. I think it still works. <laughs> I think the musical numbers, the music and the musical numbers still work. Now, knowing if you're a fan of Gene Kelly and you make the connections with his work, his earlier work, that's like an extra bonus. But I think they all work even without that. And listen, I know it's hard to, to you can't really separate the two. I'm just... Yeah. You know, I'm wondering, get rid of all the fan service for him, and is it still right. good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, don't say, even think the, I don't even think the fan service to him is noticeable to most people. Yeah. yeah. Until, you, right. until you really analyze it. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be a good point. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's what I would say about that, to, to answer that. Yeah, I, I don't think whether or not this is a good film or whether or not you enjoy watching it kind of hinges on that. Yeah. I also don't think whether this was a good film or whether you enjoyed watching it are the same question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. That's true. Um, so well, I think so we're we're at the end of this thing here. Yeah, I think or, we've yeah. we've 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 talked about at least at some point almost all of the musical numbers. We've talked about the film. I think. Yeah, um, about ready so, to wrap up. Any, you know, what are your what are your final thoughts? What are your conclusions? Have you have you learned anything? Well, this started with I don't even remember what it exactly what the uh, offense was, but one day I saw something that you had said, and I think Pete had noticed <laughs> the same thing. I said, "Pete, yeah, yeah, he hates Xanadu," mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pete's like, "This will not stand," and made a group chat and challenged you to a showdown at, at high noon. Yeah, and uh, I'm wondering, uh, I you know I still still love this movie. I don't feel like I've been brought down, Pete. No, I, I love this movie more every time I see it. What about you guys? Brian, I want to start with you because uh, we started off this conversation with uh, it being more painful than uh, appendicitis. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you guys love this movie. Um, you know, it's it, no, I, I want to go back and give it another shot. Talking about it like this, which is why I love when, when we have these discussions, as I'm sure we, this is why we're all doing this. It, it, yeah, there's a lot of things to look at. And, uh, you guys opened me up a little bit, and nice. I think I think some of it's pretty good. Wow, wow, I'm floored. Nice, <laughs> one person at a time. Do we get two, Sean? <laughs> I'm opening to open to watch it again. It may, it may be a while. Like I said, I just watched it this morning. <laughs> um, but I, I got Each time I see it, I dislike it a little less. <laughs> Um, so every time the subject of bad movies comes up, I'm going to have to think of a new example because this would be always my, always my go-to. If someone mm-hmm. talks about bad movies, I'd be like, well, this is a bad movie, but maybe, maybe not. You know, I think at this point I would say it's, it's a mediocre movie with really great musical sequences, but mm-hmm. eh, it's, it's growing on me. It is growing on me. You guys have, have made progress. <laughs> well, see, I also, I, I feel like it's, it's paradoxical, but I also feel like a movie can be a really bad movie, but also be a gloriously good movie at the same mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we all, we all Hudson agree Hawk. on that. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go too far. <laughs> Um, so, so great. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for, for joining us and to wrap it up. So, so, so Curtis, if, if folks want to hear more of your opinions, what other movies you, uh, you, you like, where can they hear you? We are, uh, working on episode 54 right now of the better off dead minute and making our way towards the end. 
slowly but surely. So uh, the better off dead or better off dead minute.com. Go find us there. There you go. And and Pete, you've got some podcasting going on, don't you? Uh, sort of. Uh, <laughs> take a little bit of a break. Is there, but, uh, is there anything you want to tell us now? Anything, any breaking news you've got for us, Pete? Uh, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, everything is broken. Uh-huh. <laughs> nothing left to break, I think. But we, I, I currently do a podcast uh, about Indiana Jones with a couple of my friends called the Indiana Jones Minute. And of course, uh, the one that always has a very special place in my heart is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days, which found Sean and I on the opposite side of the table where <laughs> I really dislike Christmas and really dislike that movie. And Sean adores it and adores both. And it's just fun. This is a nice counterpoint to that, Sean. Yeah, we were on the, the, the other switching roles in this case. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, th- I think by the end of that podcast, you had a little bit more appreciation for for Christmas Vacation. And, and at the end of this, I have a little bit more appreciation for this film. So nice. So nice. Virtual fives, Pete. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you could. Well, you can. You could, so you find Pete and, and Jerry and Tom at Indiana Jones Minute dot com. And I'll, I'll throw in a plug. Uh, the the main show is on a little bit of a hiatus, but they do a wonderful Patreon show. Anything goes, where Thanks, Sean. where anything goes, they 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 talk about anything, any kind of movies, um, sometimes even non movie stuff. But it's 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 a lot of fun, and it's worth a it's worth a couple bucks throwing them, you know, in Patreon way, and uh, you'll get that content. Thank you, Sean. Uh, well, you're welcome. Thank you for. Thank you for talking into a mic every once in a while and, and allowing me to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and and thank you listeners for, for listening to us, Babylon. And uh, as always, you can find us. We're uh, at Next Scene Pod on the social medias. We've got the Jelly of the Month Club, uh, a name we inherited from those National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Um, that's the, the group on Facebook, nextscenepod.com on the old internets. And of course, wherever you're listening to this, you can hear us next time on the next scene.